Welcome to Caribbean Millennials. Hello, listeners. I know we're late, or maybe we're early. You'll never know. Welcome to another episode of the Caribbean Millennials Podcast. What? They'll never... What if they don't listen exactly on a Monday? That's how they'll never know. Exactly. So, we're back, guys. Um, It's us. Yeah. And we have a guest today. Yes. Special guest. Um, All the way from beautiful Barbados. We have Melinda Bell with us. Uh, author, educator, finance, and money expert. You know, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to write a book. You need to write a book? Yeah, because like everyone's like author. I'm like, damn, like I should write a book. Melinda can give us some tips on that too. Oh, right? sure. I can. <laughs> so Melinda is a founder and managing director of Astrafe Finance in Barbados. Uh, she has dedicated her time and energy towards helping businesses and individuals with financial management and financial best practices. So if you're trying to get your coins correct, you know, Melinda's your girl. Um, She also has a book called My Money and Me, which I think is really interesting that um, her view in this book is about wanting to help people change the way they view and manage their money through their behaviors right so it's okay, like okay. a mindset change That's it. So, yeah so um in this episode um melinda is gonna guide us through and um melinda say hello to the audience how are you doing hi audience <laughs> I'm, doing <well. laughs> I'm doing well managing um this present pandemic just taking it one day at a time um, in, in Barbados, they have allowed businesses to open again. Um, while I'm for it, I, I hope that this, you know, people continue to exercise the caution that we have been commissioned to, you know, act out. But um, it's been interesting. Um, people have designated days to go to the bank, designated days to shop and go to the fish market and such the like. So I I was in town today and it's my banking day today and you know it's just weird everybody has on mask and and you know it's it's just been a big adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think it, we're Vernon and I are in Texas. Um, oh, okay. For, yeah, for us it's a bit um, strange as well because Texas is one of those states that has been like, okay, we're opening. We got to make money, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, they opened like restaurants, movie theaters, and malls, but up to like 25% capacity mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. But it's like that That was effective May 1st. And you saw everyone just out on the streets and wilding, right? Like everyone guys, out, guys, out and about. Guys, so they mm-hmm. reopened Texas, right? Uh-huh. Dallas today reported 257 new cases. And that's the highest number. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, how, how many? What's the number? 257 new cases today. in oh, wow. Dallas. Yeah. In and Dallas. that's the, high, yeah, that's that's just the highest Dallas. number for the like, okay. daily new, new number of cases. Right. Yeah. So well, You I know what they said? <laughs> Not, what? They said everybody, you know, nobody cares about dying. They just want to go to work. 
That's, yeah. that's what they said. Yeah. Well, you can't spend that money if you did. That's my <laughs> logic. Well, they'll have really nice coffins. <laughs> Providing the family tried to use the money to buy said coffins, but hey, what do I know? Um, Danny, what's been going on with you? How are things in St. Lucia? Uh, they are decent. Um, we had zero cases and everybody was shouting wow. for joy. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold yeah, on. There was a 100% recovery and then, you know, everybody was jumping for joy and the government was beating their chest. And then, like, within two days, um, two more cases popped up. And then, the funny thing is, those cases supposedly were on lockdown from April 4th. So, oh. if <laughs> the, the mathematics doesn't quite add up, but if April 4th you knew you had two new cases, then why was there complete recovery April 25th? Yeah. Okay. Now today, um, or yesterday, they released that there was another case. And this time they have no idea how this person got sick. Mm-hmm. So now everybody's worried. And we might go back into a 24-hour shutdown soon. <laughs> oh, you might go back to that. Let me. That's what yeah. I'm worried of in, in in Barbados. That they might go back to that. This this thing is a test, and we are failing. Okay, we are all failing horribly. <laughs> oh my god! Like I mean, even there were viral videos from the viral video going around from Saint Lucia that it was it was like it's it's supposed to be you know keep your distance whatever. And there was a video, the police in uh, a community rounded up maybe what, it was like 45 like 30, people. 40 people who were having a river lime, you know. But really? <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, just turning up on the weekend and the police had to like bring all of them in to quote unquote get arrested. But, you know, they can't even deal with that capacity in a, in a village police station. And it was like a big joke on the video. You know, at yeah. first, when I saw reports, like someone had this thing where like experts say COVID is going to be yeah. around for two more years. I was like, and this that's going to blow over in no time. Now I'm like, two years only? I can see this being like the new normal. I guess like a time traveler coming back and being, what year is this? <laughs> oh, it's the first year of, of, the, of quarantine? Like, what? <laughs> But I, I have a question to ask just about um, Barbados and, and dealing with this. Have they limited sales of alcohol at all? Yes, they have. Okay. Um, um, for a good couple of weeks, we were, but they're only allowing people who are licensed to sell alcohol now. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Free up the alcohol. In St. Lucia, <laughs> they're crying. It's like, oh my God, no alcohol. Uh. The thing is, right, I don't see why it was banned from, like, buying it in a store. Like, I understand why you wouldn't want people to go to a bar. I understand why you wouldn't want people to go to a bar. And then on the other end, I don't understand how people can't go, like, a few weeks without alcohol. But But I see why they banned it in the stores. Because if you tell them not to go to the bars, now they're going to go to the stores and buy the alcohol... And make the own little pop-up bars, the little pop-up sessions. But, but Adani, many, that's, that's what Adani, they've done. <laughs> Adani, how many parties have you had from the back of the trip? Okay. <laughs> no, but that's that's what they've done. People are now going to bars and they're locking the door and they're they're like putting off the lights and they're drinking in darkness. And then when police oh pass, they're being God. quiet. 
So, like, really, you've just made Desperate it worse. Desperate for rum, can you be? <laughs> like, you know, if you are just let people buy their little crystal lime and go at their home, sit in their balcony, you know? Now you have people hiding, like, his speakeasies in the 1920s. Like, <laughs> it's the police. Yeah. Like, turn off the lights, turn off the music. Ah. Pro- prohibition <laughs> area and all. Yeah. Hide underneath the table. <laughs> what? That's where we are, sir. All right. Well, let's get into it, right? So, Linda's going to tell us how to make money. What? She's going to tell us how to make money. How to make? Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I ignore assume this was happening here. Or she's going to tell me where to invest my money for it to make more money. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> or is she just going to like change my mindset and then I'll be rich? Because if it's that it in my head, I return it. Mm-hmm. And well, um, mindful that it's time to do it well. <laughs> I'm richer, I want you to know that. <laughs> I'm like Jeff Bezos, rich in my mind already. That's the spirit. Okay. okay. All right. That's the problem. So, all right. So let's see how we can get everyone else on my mindset. Okay, Vernon. Okay. So, all right. Right? Based on this current environment that we're in, right? Money and money habits are more important than ever, right? So, I think before we were in before we were in these, um, you know, these COVID times, there was already all of this rhetoric about how millennials are in such a horrible place compared to generations before them. We have so mm-hmm. much debt. We wouldn't be able to buy houses. Um, you know, just kind of where um, generations were at our age, you know, kind of portraying millennials as uh, further behind. <laughs> Failure, so well. Um, you know, but <laughs> still, like, not being word. able to... All right. Well, that's what they're trying to make it seem like, the way they keep writing these articles. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm expecting yeah, someone to come and say, you're a failure, you're doing bad in life, you're not making enough money, and you poor. But, hey, that's how they feel. They ruined it for us, and now we suffer. Let's go on, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I okay. guess with... If that if those are the circumstances that many millennials are facing and trying to combat, adding this global pandemic on top of that, like where do we stand and like what do we need to do now? You know, how do we need to double down and work even harder to achieve those financial goals? Yeah, where should we concentrate our efforts? Oh, just kind mm-hmm. of how how do you map out like where where to begin? So I guess kind of taking that into mind and the current environment, right? We have, you know, people being employed, having a loss of income. You have Mm -hmm. people maybe coming out of their degrees or people who are already kind of looking for a job or switching jobs. Just employment right now is kind of tricky. Um, Yes. I'm not sure what Caribbean banks have been doing, but there's the whole question of, you know, can I pay my bills? Am I able to defer payments? You know, what does that that look like? If I'm not able to, how does like my credit kind of play into all of this? Um, and even I think at this point in time, all of us are kind of assessing our spending habits because being um, locked up at home, right? You kind of think, 
you know, for me every day now is I barely go into my closet and I have all of these clothes in my closet and I'm like wearing the same like home clothes for the last however many years. You know, even if I'm getting those ads like, hey, Anushka, want to buy this new hot thing for spring? I'm like, Nabi. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Um, so kind of how, Melinda, how do you think we should, or what people should consider navigating in this environment from a money perspective? Um, yes. I mean, um, at this point, um, there are various things you could do, um, in terms of deferring your payments as it relates to what some lending institutions are doing, um, what they're allowing are people to take advantage of the moratorium. And what that means simply is that you can put a pause on your loan payments. However, with that, while you're not paying, interest is still being accrued. Meaning, you know, yes, they give you a loan, but they make their money by charging interest to the loan that they give you. So apart from the principal, you're also making interest payments as well. So what may happen over time is that um, if they allow it for a three-month period or a six-month period, um, that interest is going to accrue. So I would strongly recommend if you're not able to pay the full amount, but even if you're in the situation where you've recently become unemployed and you're not able to, the first thing you should do is to contact your creditors, let them know exactly about your situation and what's going on and work out a plan with them. But if you do opt for that, you should still, um, if not the full amount, still put a part payment towards that. I guess, to manage the interest so that by the time it resumes, yes, the payments do pause. There is a break in between, but by that time that comes around, um, you're able to handle it when everything is back in full swing. Um, I think what people are realizing, and I'm seeing it all across social media, especially among my friends, um, what's happening is that people are realizing they actually have cooking skills. And, I, and, it's not by, and it's not by um and it's not by by choice, but um the restaurants are closed right now. But um recently the um KFC has opened delivery. So they're allowing that. But during that time period when the when the, the country was on national lockdown, all restaurants and everything were closed. So people have had to adapt and really cook from home and eat what they have. And even I realized that for myself, it's like, you know what? I do spend a lot of money on eating out because I'm an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you buy food for convenience, but I'm realizing the good that it does for me because uh, my clothes are like kind of loose right now. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) so they may... I've had the opposite problem. I was cooking a little too much of the wrong things. (laughs) Yeah. Says, but, oh, well, let's bake some cookies. Ah, let's there we go. Some cake. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, you know, people are making adjustments. I know some people, um, you may not be able to go out, or if you're no- nervous of going, about going out outdoors, um, what you could do is switch to online banking. I mean, it's convenient. I mean, unfortunately, I had to go to the bank, but that's been a long while since I've had to do that. But you could opt to have online banking in the meantime. And then also, it, it, 
it helps us to understand, you know, what's really essential and what's not really essential. So food and shelter is really, really important. And you may have, I mean, I, I filled my tank to like half full and that was like three to four weeks ago and it lasted long. And that doesn't typically happen, yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, you're basically at home, you're on shutdown, you're on lockdown. Yeah, so Milan um, and I, we had said mm-hmm. that just the amount of money we're saving in gas and tolls, yeah. not having to go into the office, is just like, wow, you know, for the two of us not being on the road, right? Yep, it just it just makes you realize. And, and I think that em- employers are realizing, you know, are understanding how important remote work is, working remotely from work from home. And I know it may be taxing for some parents, trust me, especially if if you have children and they're learning from home and you're having to report to your boss. Um, that's a whole different dynamic and a whole challenge in itself. But thankfully, some employers are giving um, their employees opportunities to still work, but from at home. Um, and I guess that's going to be a, a reality from now on. Um some some companies are, are being allowed to open their doors, but I think there's some companies that are still like allowing their, their employees to, to stay at home until the brunt of this actually passes over. We're not sure how long, um, yeah. but I would just say, you know, just stick to the essentials right now um, as much as possible. Avoid buying online because <laughs> I know these 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 online um, stores, they're still selling their stuff. They're not going to go out of office or they're not going to go out of right. business. They still have to make their money. I mean, sometimes you might feel away. You know what? Let me buy something nice for myself, you know. But I, I was aware that there are some courses online that are free of cost or they would have discounted them in a major way. So you could probably look into investing in your own development. But, you know, at the same time, especially being off, um, being at home and, and, and actually finding the time to rest was something that I struggled with. So there's nothing wrong with resting, you know, because I know a lot of people would say, you know, you've got to learn a new skill. You've got to develop another source of income. But, you, you know, at the same time, resting and connecting with your family, that's very important as well. Yeah. So to kind of uh, piggyback on what you just said about resting and you know taking that time and whatnot I think we've been in this for a few weeks right so I think many of us have used it as an opportunity to rest and kind of you know get things in in perspective right yes um, your um book you know surrounds money mindsets and having a positive you know, mindsets and relationship when it comes to money. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Like maybe give some examples of, you know, some kinds of mindsets or, or behaviors as you've kind of seen it? Yeah, for sure. So um, there are different things that would influence the way we manage our money and our behavior influences our effects the way we manage our money. So there are different things that I would have highlighted. Um, so the need to fit in. I know we're all adults, Mm -hmm. but, you know, sometimes we still buckle to peer pressure. But the reason why some behaviors would be um, what we would practice, because it's what we learned in the home and also what we did not see in the home. Okay. 
but um, communication is something that um, some some families may practice, some families may not practice, and in particular, some families may not practice discussing money because you know some some families would be like, you know what, I'm the parent, I deal with the money, you don't need to be in my business, it's not for you to know, but you put a <laughs> you put a damper on actually exposing the child to the reality of what's going on and really, you know, raising their awareness. Not that you're looking to overwhelm them with loads of information, but simple things like, you know what, this is my salary. This is where the money goes. So we're doing our best and so on. So if you're not accustomed to communicating about money, it's going to be very difficult to communicate with a significant other or your spouse or to your children. And also, um, um, there's that level of pride. I'm not speaking in from it from a negative standpoint because, you know, you know, people and I think Caribbean people in general, they're not going to let anybody know that they're down to the last dollar. <laughs> um, <laughs> what they're going to do is that they're just going to suffer through and then they're just going to push through. So if you're not accustomed to communicating in the home, then when it comes time to communicate to a financial institution that you're not able to meet something, um, then there's the difficulty right there to actually own up to what's going on. So just because you may be going through a situation or you may not have been accustomed talking about finances, and I believe some couples may now have to come to the to, to together to actually discuss this if it wasn't discussed before, especially being on lockdown. And then it all depends on the family dynamic. Um, some couples might put their money together. Some couples might, you know, take care of certain bills or some couples might go half and half. It all depends on the family dynamic. But however, what, what the culture we would have seen, you know, the collective behavior we would have seen would be translated um, into the way we spend our money. So I would like to highlight a couple of those from my book, the need to fit in. Um, some people spend in order to be accepted. And that's what I did a couple years ago. <laughs> I spent like 300 US dollars on, on gifts. Um, yeah, that was my mindset back then because I needed to be liked. I needed to be accepted. So I did that. But it, you know, it only does so much and no more. And then being discontent, I'm not saying um, don't be... Um, passionate about your development and not strife from where I'm not saying that, but sometimes we tend to forget that we have it all, we have it good, like really good. Like there's shelter, there's food, family is clothed, everybody's having a hot meal every day. You know, it's those little things we take for granted. But if we're not content, then, you know, go and spend money and, and do whatever we, to fill that need. And then compare yourself unfairly with others you know sometimes we can be really hard on ourselves and we look at other people and we think well they're further off than I am but then you never know that there are people that are looking at you and they're realizing you know what you you've accomplished something that I haven't accomplished you know so um and then it may be it may be um it could be taken back from being raised in your home being unfairly compared to your cousin or to your sister right. or to your brother so you would sorry the guys are probably the guys are probably gonna roll their eyes at me on this one but you know <laughs> one of my favorite quotes and i've said it a million times on here is like comparison is the thief of joy yes why would you think i'll roll my eyes and that's true hey 
I'm getting through, Melinda. I'm getting through. <laughs> I always thought it was true. I, I'm so confused. That's funny. Um, but I think that's kind of where, you know, where that stems in, right? So, mm-hmm. like, but even from that, right? If you're kind of in that cycle of, you know, spending money um, as a means to fit in or spending money to kind of keep up with the Joneses or who you... um you know, perceived to be the Joneses. How do you break that cycle or even acknowledge that within yourself? Right. So it it comes from being tired of, of, of running running on the hamster wheel, doing the same thing over and over again. And then you have to be mindful of the company that you keep. Right. Because if people are interested in your development, they will tell you like it is. They will tell you the mm-hmm. truth. Um, but for, for me, it was a matter of realizing that what I was doing was not taking me any further and that I had to really settle down and develop that discipline. And it's not a popular word that people like, but it is necessary. necessary. It is, it is so necessary. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, in total, I'm in total agreement with you there on yeah. the discipline, you know, like it, it's, it's about like getting really serious about what you want and like, what's going to bring you joy and like how you can use money, but you need like discipline to get that right in yeah. order to fulfill those things. And it's, it's, it's about having a vision for your life. But the problem right. was, was that I didn't have a vision for my life and my vision because I still wanted to be like other people, but I didn't want to be myself. Right. Yeah. So that's where the whole unfair comparison thing comes into play. So I, I, I looked down on my natural abilities because I, I understood that I can make money with my natural abilities I, I'm a writer. I was always a writer from primary school, secondary school, but I put that aside because I didn't think that that would make a difference. But apparently my teachers used to think that I wrote really, really good compositions. Um, I speak, and that's something that I had to learn to do because um, at that point, I didn't think that what I had to say mattered. And it stemmed from the experiences I had um, coming up in in primary school because I struggled with subtraction because the truth is is that I didn't really want this career this was not my first (laughs) my first choice right so I understood that that it was uh, my purpose so yeah so you need to have a vision for your life and um and there's nothing wrong with having a vision for your life and that's what's going to help propel you and develop the discipline and I think also some young people might feel that they're too young to have a vision, but you're not too young to have a vision for your life. And then it comes back to what it is you want. What are your goals? Yeah. Well, and I mean, even if you don't have a clear vision, there's uh-huh. nothing wrong with, you know, setting money or something aside in nothing order to that. prepare for yeah. whatever that vision finally, will come up to yeah, be, right? Comes up. Yeah, just like long-term planning, yeah. you know, for the, you know, whatever, right? For a rainy day or 
again, it, what I went through coming to the realization who I was and who I'm supposed to be, it wasn't something that I knew right away. That's the honest mm-hmm. truth. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I would have still invested in courses along the way um, to, to develop along the way as I f- tried to figure out what it is that I really wanted to do because, okay, so my passion at that time was computer studies, computer science, because like around 1999, computer science and technology at that time was really um, um, big in my eyes. So I did an associate degree in computer studies, and then I went to university and I did a double major in computer science and management, and it had nothing to do with that. So yes, I felt really passionate about that, still put the money towards that. But the more I was exposed to the field of accounting, my first job was an accounts officer at a law firm. It was then I understood that, oh my gosh, I actually like accounting. This is something that I could use because um, there's software called QuickBooks and I was exposed to computers already. So I was already equipped to use that software. It didn't take me too long to figure out how to use it. So everything that I would have learned along the way, it was not um, something that I couldn't use. It didn't go to waste. So over time when I understood, okay, this is something that I really like. So you don't need to feel pressured. I agree. You don't need to feel pressured to um, know what it is that you want out of life. You could just take it as it is. Take it one step step at a time, one stage at a time, and then it will become abundantly clear. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you with you um, there. Um, you said, um, I, I just kind of want to dive in um, some of these mindsets and, and things you brought up a little bit more, right? So you sure. said um, what you saw or like did not see in the home, right? Or just kind of how like your parents' behaviors observed or, or not observed can kind of trickle down into your mindset and behaviors with money, right? So mm-hmm. um, like I, I had was going through an exercise one time and it had said, um, write down, you know, one of your first experiences with money. And mm-hmm. um, I remember um, I, my mom was dropping me off to school and um she had um you know we we come from you know a, a decent family i always had my lunch kit full of stuff you know and i asked mom can i have some money you know like to buy snacks or whatever she's like what you need money for i send you to school with a full lunch kit what you need money for what you plan on buying you know that kind of thing and yeah. i was like but mom, like everybody else, you know, gets to, you know, go to the the tuck shop or whatever after school and and whatnot. And um, she gave me, let's say, even if she gave me something, let's say it was 50 cents or a dollar or something like that. It wasn't anything, you know, for me to ball out. <laughs> oh, and it was interesting, you know, and, you know, I remember that to this day because even if we were well off and I had, you know, I had my lunch kit, I had whatever, and kids were probably looking, oh boy, what's a Nushka having a lunch kit? Right? Lunch kit. <laughs> <laughs> Adani was probably you know that, watching my that's lunch 90% kit, you know? of all your friends I remember the lunch kids you know 
That's ninety percent of how you make all your friends. Just open the lunch kit. Lasagna. Lasagna on a Tuesday. What kind of parents do you have? <laughs> right and i so my mom is sending me with this lunch kit and i had still asked her for many and she you know more or less quarreled with me like what you asking for many for so but for me it was interesting because going to school because my mom sent me with everything that i needed i never had money but it was like kids who maybe weren't as like well off or whatever always had money right and would always be able to buy stuff and whatever so it's kind of funny thinking of of now but you just kind of want that especially being young you want that you know freedom and you don't want to feel like you you you're missing out right you want yeah. that choice those, those options yeah you know when people go in up the road and buy ice lolly you don't want to you know you go in and out. just standing up there yeah but okay, i see what you're saying because when you have the lunch kit you eat what they give you uh-huh. when you have the money you have that independence can decide am i having this am i having that have a little snack. So how am i how am i spending this money you know, if I, I want to go and buy the tattoos for me to, you know, yeah. <laughs> I wish you know that was not a good investment. <laughs> but the joy was priceless. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, Vernon and Annie, like, what are some like money memories and and stuff y'all have? You, you don't have money to. Vernon uh, and I have <laughs> a money <laughs> memory for y'all. Right? Yo, I remember that day. You say I remember wow, it instantly. Y'all are uh, like a continent or so, whatever we, and y'all know exactly what specific memory. Yes, okay. yes. exactly what. <laughs> okay, let go me ahead. tell you. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> Cell phones had just become a thing in St. Lucia. Okay. I remember that. Ooh. I remember that like it was yesterday. I got to school before Danny. And Danny got to school after me. He comes into the classroom with a flyer. Because my mom used to drop me all the way to school. Danny parents used to drop him at the roundabout and he would take a bus, the bus okay. to the school. In, in so town. While he was, yeah. While he was there, somebody passed with a digital flyer. Digital listing all the phones came, huh? they sell. Yeah. yeah. So me and Danny we looking at the at the flyer. We say, yo, we have to buy a phone. Or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or three. How old are y'all? And we were like 14, okay. maybe 15. Yeah, we were in form two. Okay. We were in form two. Me and yeah, Danny went around. We got a dollar from every person we knew. And by the end of the day, we had enough money to buy three fo- three phones. Wow. One, one phone for me, one phone for him, and he bought a phone and gave it to his mother. So y'all were straight hustling or begging around? The, like, what were y'all telling people to give you a dollar? Just Any, dollar? Anything. I had a... Um, anyone who owed us, anyone yeah. who used some electronic item we had, anyone yeah. who wanted a CD or a game we had, anything. Yeah, we was we were peddling the games, because we were like, if you want that yeah. game, we downloaded it for you. There was like a Grand Theft uh, Auto... Yeah. By yes, city, no, so yeah. using your, your skills and resources. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted a bunch of music on a CD, we're doing that for you. We had like, that, yeah. For you. yeah. If we, we had the um acid acid five, that was like the mix, like black chiny back in the day, and we had those CDs, like we, we had, had four, five, and 5.5. So we were just making copies of it. 
So y'all were there like um uh, y'all remember that cartoon recess and they had the the guy with the jacket. because <laughs> I, I remember that I remember that morning like it was like yesterday I in the classroom and then I just walks in and just slams the flyer down on the desk in front of me. I was like, look at this, look at those prices. I was like. You know we have to get. So one. so, what's the money lesson or outside of that, right? Abundance mindset. What what is it? Ask and you shall receive. Mot- motivation what? is powerful. Motivation is powerful. <laughs> if you want it and you set your mind, okay. Yeah. You yeah. We, we manifested free phones. We manifested free phones. <laughs> Imagine that we set out to buy three of the cheapest phones and we ended up buying like. The higher end ones. So yeah. I have a question. When you got that phone for your mom, what did she say? She was just like, oh, that was the one? Because she didn't know much about phones. She just knew she gave me money. She saw the flyer. She gave me money. Yeah. And and um, she wanted a phone, but she didn't know how much okay. the phone cost. He had money. So you already had He had money start. to buy one phone. Okay. Yeah, okay. just one phone but, for her. We had like $120. Yeah. And she said, just buy a phone. And by the time we left school, we had like 300 and change. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And we bought, we bought three phones. We put money on them. I got a slightly better one that she had originally wanted. Yeah. And we got like mid-range phones that could go online. And we had <laughs> internet and all. Like... Oh, wow. And, and Snake. <laughs> Don't forget Snake. Yeah. Sony Ericsson's. I'll never forget that. Oh, my God. What a, what a lovely what? day. And I think we still what had money time. to like, just sit down and get yeah. ice cream. Eh? Yeah, yeah, because we did that at the end. Yeah. We went to, what was the name of that uh, place? Uh, underneath the parking center by Conway. Yes. A big banana or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We went and we got ice cream. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. Well, th- thanks for the trip down memory lane, guys. Yeah, that's, oh. that's our many story. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So, let me ask you, Melinda. Um, yes. In this time... People are like side hustles. Everyone trying to like make extra money, you know, stretch their dollars and whatnot. Like, do you have any investment advice? Like places people should be putting their money versus they shouldn't be. Like, should people be rushing to like stick their money in the bank even though they hardly get any interest on it, or should they be trying to find ways to make their money, make more money for them? Well, um, at this point. Um, you want to make sure you have some cash on you to to be liquid as possible, meaning that you have easy access to cash. Okay. Um, you don't you don't want to be like putting all of your money in in investments, and then you don't have like I don't know a, like a like a tiny cushion for emergency, so to speak. Um, there may be some people who would have been adequately preparing beforehand, so they actually have access to those funds. And then there's some people who may not have been adequately preparing, and that's okay. So you're just going to have to work with what you have. Um, but um, as far as I'm aware, mutual funds, they, t- they are safe in my in my books. Um, okay. So what they are, they're like a mixture of investments. So a fund manager has a goal in mind. So there are some um, mutual funds that invest solely in property, for example. So they probably invest in different funds that manage properties or deal with properties across the globe. Um, but it's considered safe because there are other people who are, are investing in that same fund as well. But definitely the, the rate is higher than a savings account because here in Barbados, they're like close to 0%. So there's there you're not making 
any interest whatsoever. So I think that those would be what people could consider. And um, I'm sure you could research the stock exchanges. You could go to their website. So you could look up mutual funds to see what they have. Um, there's a company here in Barbados where they actually allow people to start with $100, but you just don't, okay. you just, yeah, as in 50 US. So you, you, you just don't put the 50 US and expect that that's going to grow, but you could put an amount towards it every month. So they allow you to uh, put, I don't know, 25 US, 50 US towards it. So um, it's just about doing your research, but mutual funds for sure. Um, I know there's the movement with the foreign exchange trading, but you have to really know um, what it is you're doing with that and that you need to get training because um, financial markets are made up of people and financial markets are governed by behavior. There's that B word and that's yep. the behavior of people. So a value in a share will probably be down right now because right now people are scared. They don't know when the market is going to pick up, pick back up. They don't know when they're going to find the vaccine for the coronavirus. So people are going to be quite hesitant to invest in right now. Although some experts do say this will be the prime time to actually um, invest in stocks because their prices will be considerably low right now because you know, the investor confidence is really low. But it should pick back up when people feel more comfortable and there's a vaccine and then everybody's healed and the world's back in order. I don't think it will be late before, but it'll be a new normal. But it's just about doing your research to find out what's going on. But it depends on your level of risk right now. Um, again, other investments like cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, they're volatile. So you have to really know what it is you're doing and you should have some level of savings in order to um, manage the risk. But it depends on the individual. But if you're a first time investor, you could look into mutual funds. So um, from what you're saying, I, big picture and the main point I can gather, well, not the main point, but one of the points I can gather in all of this, there's no such thing as quick returns. A lot of these things, it sounds like you need time and also you need money. Because yes, it doesn't sound like you can it doesn't sound like you can make a big investment, a big return on something like no. investing a hundred dollars in something. No, that's something that's gonna take time. It takes time to accumulate wealth. I'm not gonna okay. I'm not gonna tell people it's gonna happen overnight. But it goes back no, no, no. Yeah. it goes back to the discipline. You know, and the younger you are, the more the more time you have, and and time is on your side, for sure. And I I think yes. what I was gonna say is that um you know sometimes with millennials they speak about us and like wanting that instant gratification and like how we do things and want to see instant results, right? It's about training yourself for like this world of investments. If you're looking to enter, there's no like get rich quick you know yeah, um, there's the, thing, right? and if it, and if a lot of those like get rich quick seed kind of thing you cannot force yeah, you know your money tree to grow a lot mm -hmm. of the get rich quick stuff are schemes yes they schemes are and scams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, so they are. which which brings me to my 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 next question um what are some of the i mean you you're in finance and you probably 
heard of and see a lot of schemes and scams that people probably fall prey to in this hope of trying to maximize their their investment or get quick returns do you know of any that you could tell people to you know be aware of and and that kind of stuff hmm. um ah, i'm gonna go here um network marketing <laughs> network marketing is very prominent across the globe and and throughout the caribbean um the only way that it works is that if the more people you recruit and bring on and sign up, that's how you're going to make income. Okay. All right. Um, so even if you're going into that, you still need to have a certain amount of cash flow in order to make money from that. All right. So you have to be very careful with that. Um, unfortunately, here in Barbados, there was a particular company, and I'm not calling its name. <laughs> um, it's an insurance company, and I would have, <clears throat> me being young back in the day, um, I would have invested in a portfolio with them, not recognizing or asking questions about um, how, how the, um, the company was performing and, and so on. But then you hear that you know money was taken and 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 so on and so forth it's been alleged i'm not saying that that's the case <laughs> but um because of that people like who are in my age group they would have been told to go into this company because this is a company that has been around for years and you know the previous generation would have invested all of their money into it but then it ended up that people who would have had like policies like $20,000 and over 10,000 US and over, that they could only get a $20,000 check, $10,000 US check, and then the rest of it goes to bonds, you know? So it's a matter of doing your research and how do you tell if a company is worthy of or considered safe in, in, in being um, one that you could invest in? Check to see if they have published financial statements. You just do a search on Google. Uncle Google will tell you, okay? So <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you search and see if they have published financial statements. Are those financial statements audited? When I say audited, all it means is that there are a certain group of professionals who confirm that the numbers that they portray are actually true and accurate, and there's no underhanded scheme. And then also, if they're allowed to trade um, on a foreign, if they're allowed to trade, sorry, on a um, stock exchange, um, you know, there'll be back, there'll be background checks done on them. They have to be regulated um, by uh, their central banks, so to speak. Um, so you just do your background research just to make sure that this is viable. So those are the checks that you can do. Even if somebody comes to you with something, um, what you do is that you, um, you ask them, okay, let me see your financial statements. Let me see how the company is performing. But if they're not able to issue anything to prove that you could get that return, um, then you know that something is fishy. Yeah, it's almost like you have to be your own bank, right? Like the same yes, way do. the bank is not going to just give you money without asking for all of your information, the information of your first unborn child, you know, mm -hmm. all of 
all of the history possible. It's like you need to have that same due diligence a bank would have for your own pocket, right? Right. And and it's like you can't expect to be um like lazy about your money decisions and expect just to like hit big, right? Well, so so you saying that that that's Part of the reason why I asked this thing about scams and schemes is because recently in St. Lucia we saw this uh, this whole drama unfold with I I don't want to call it a scam or scheme. I wasn't in it, but it did not play out well for some individuals where they had this thing. Um I think Adani, what was what's what's the name of it? What they call it outside of the US is outside of the Caribbean. Uh, 100 to 800. Yeah, because oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This thing had hit Saint Lucia a couple of weeks ago, and it via was social media. via social media, and it seemed to have been a big thing. People were saying some were saying it was legit, others were saying it was a scam because they put in a hundred dollars and they weren't getting their money back. And so, for me, when I hear you are financial expert telling people to be diligent with their money and do yeah. research at where they put in their money, it kind of shocks me that people would willingly just put out even if it's such a small amount a hundred dollars though but to it's some something people, like that's that. not a small amount right exactly so even then it's not a small amount why would you just willingly just put that in something that you don't know the the you know the backstory you have no background info you you don't 100 percent trust yeah and and it's just supposed to work like you know magic, right? Yeah. All of so this. people were putting in a hundred dollars, and some were saying, "No, I was getting eight hundred dollars back in an hour." Others were saying, "It's they no. don't have that money. I want my money back." But and... it was still based on a, a, a pyramid or multi-level, you know, scheme model, right? In yeah, because that, that you said it was called what, blessing loom or what? Originally in the US, it was called blessing loom or the circus from 2017, oh. 2018. And um, basically, people were getting. Um, it is a nice circle diagram. Um, nice that's circle. one thing. That's one thing with all the, all the um, schemes I've been to, where they put they invite you to a meeting and you, you know bring a friend. Yeah, they always have a very nice diagram. They always have the nicest diagram. The nicest diagram. Like the diagram, so professional. Like it's amazing. Like, and the PowerPoint is, like, so amazing. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. But for this one in particular, there's a circle. And then when you get 15 people in the circle, then you supposedly get uh, uh, your $800 to you. And that's Mm -hmm. after you've invested your $100. But seven... Yeah, the circle kind of generates $1,500, and you only get $800. So there's $700 in the grand scheme of things that goes somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, there so... we go. <laughs> yeah, so, so that hits in Russia recently. I don't know if you had that issue in Barbados, but recently that was a big thing in St. Wait, Lucia. Not, not so... mm-hmm. I haven't seen that as yet. Oh, okay. Well, I hope it doesn't hit you all because... Well, I'm, I hope people aren't Well, you're giving me the heads up. <laughs> yeah because I, I, at the end of the day I think people need to be more you know financially conscious and more responsible with their money alright like yes. 
especially in this this crazy corona times where your income is starting to get affected sometimes limited you have to be really mindful of what you put in your money so for me to see people just willingly just paypal in somebody a hundred dollars somebody they never met mm-hmm. before or maybe they, they no. knew them from a long time ago in hopes that you at some point my name ends up in the middle of a circle i get eight hundred dollars back like mm-hmm. that that baffles me but I have another question for you. Um, do you find people our age are seeking financial advice? Because, and I ask this because I remember a while back I was having a conversation with my dad, and he was telling me if it was some, if it's one thing he could ever he could do over in life is when he was younger he would invest more. And I asked him mm-hmm. why he didn't do that, and he said part of the thing is he didn't really have anyone giving him advice. He just kind of figured it all out on his own. There's him and my mm-hmm. mom, and they, they talked out and they made decisions. They tried things, and it just so happened some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. But my thing is now in this day and age, do you find us as millennials seeking financial advice from people? Um, it's I would say because I have more female clients than male clients, and professional women at that. They, I, those are my clients that come to me because they're seeking ways or they're seeking advice to navigate their financial situation. I do have some male clients as well, too. But um, in some instances, if somebody's really in a, bide, a bind, um, they would seek that advice. But again, if it's not taught in the schools, but um, recently a teacher would have uh, made me aware that it is taught in the school. So, you know, I'm I'm gonna back away <laughs> a little <laughs> bit from um talking about that. Um but you know I think it is a life skill and a life class that should be implemented um even at the university level in order to um prevent that. But um, again, it comes back to the culture. It comes back to the people that you hang around. Unless it is that you are aware that, you know, there's a way out of this. There's a way that, that I, can, I can raise my level of financial awareness. Then I would seek the help. But, and it also goes back to the home. If it's not something that is not really instructed on, then, you know, it's, it's not going to be something that you practice daily so it all yeah, depends on where you grown up the company that you keep and you know but if you're yeah, in I a situation sorry I, I think it does boil back to communication though right because it's yeah, like communication if yeah. you it, because a lot of us you know have peers that we may have the you know a similar mindset but we're not talking necessarily talking about money with our friends or talking about yes. like those kinds of you know what situations or you know what you're trying to uh, achieve and and how money plays a picture in yeah that, i right? mean it's true because when and, i think about it i don't really talk about money with my friends like that no and then, okay. you know, if, if you if you aren't having those conversations, okay, let's not say your friends. If you're not having those conversations with your parents, even or whoever your trusted circle is, I mean, you know, if you if you aren't this. having those conversations, then I find it would if it were me, it would be difficult then to go and seek advice outside or even in general yeah. or even seek advice from a stranger, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like 
my money experience growing up as well is, you know, I knew my parents were well off, but my parents did not consciously educate us on money, mm-hmm. financial management, did not really speak about where what's coming from. I just knew my parents had their own business and they did their thing and their money was their money and not mine, right? That's what I knew, right? right? Yeah. But um, I, and I, I knew my parents, who, my, my mom especially, is very like financially responsible. So when I became mm-hmm. an adult and I had credit card debt and I knew it was a wrong thing to, you know, have and, and whatnot, I did not want to tell them that I even, you know, had it, right? Oh, well, why don't you have so-and-so in savings? You know, if they brought this up, I'm like, oh, well, I have like some credit card debt to pay off. And my mom like, attack me how much how much i'm like i'm not telling you i'm not telling you how much because i'm broke you you shouldn't have any credit card debt you know that kind of thing and i i refused to tell her the number and she was just like pushing pushing and i like i held firm and refused because i did not like want to open that up either for like judgment or whatever but i also felt like I'm an adult now. I know what mistakes I made. I, I just have to need the to own my shit and deal with my shit. You don't need to know about yeah. that. Right? Yeah, you're not trying to look for them to bail you out no. or, or anything. I have it handled. I'm handling it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess what you said. But and also, I feel like maybe uh, our parents probably won't, won't under. I don't say won't understand, but I feel like it would be harder for them to understand given that, like, I feel like our dollar goes so like doesn't go as far as theirs did so a lot of our parents like put themselves in situations where like credit card that was like a foreign thing for them like my mom like if my mom buys something on a credit card she wipes that out immediately like credit card that is a my mom doesn't sleep well if she knows she has a balance on her credit card that's the best way i can put it and for me it's like yeah my mom is i sleep for me, I sleep easy because at the end of the day, I had to do what I had to do. Given how much I get in paid, I'm making what I have going on. It just doesn't cover it all. I have to use a credit card to handle stuff. So that's just where I stand on that topic. But hey. I don't have a credit card, by the way. <laughs> wow. Wow. I made that personal decision. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. This, this is... But I think yeah. like also yeah. living in the states and i'll let you continue but like for us living in the states it's almost like essential to have a credit card if you want to go on and do anything like further because your credit score is so essential for anything oh that you God. have to do in life right yeah that's that's a that, problem for, for us right it was necessary now managing the balance on it that's another thing right but um go ahead melinda i i also um found out that um like the way they deal with credit cards in terms of when you are hacked or things are stolen is a lot more immediate than when it's your own money. Cause you could yes. like, you can say like you just have a debit card and you're just going to use the debit card. But from experience, if you lose money off that debit card, they are taking their time because right. it's your money. Right? They don't really care about investigating. Yeah. If anything happened to that credit card within 24 hours, they have refunded your money, canceled the purchase, and they have six FBI agents knocking on that person's door. And you have a new card, wake up by your pillow side in the morning. Like, that is how (laughs) it's true. They own their credit card. (laughs) But, Melinda, tell us a little bit more about your decision to not have a credit card at all. 
my decision was because I know myself. If I see something and I want it, I'm swiping. <laughs> the hardest thing is to know yourself. So yeah, self-awareness. Exactly, you self-aware. You you know you you realize you that's a problem for me. Let me not do mm-hmm. that. And no problem with that. I hey, props to you. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I I use a a Visa deb- debit card for that. Um, okay. So it, it works like a credit card, but I'm just making the payment. Um, if if the phone, if a cell phone is 100 US, for example, I'm just paying that and not paying interest on top of it. And the yeah. only way that I'm able to spend money is if there's money on the account. If there's right. money on the account, yeah, yeah, understood. So yeah. okay, so then this, I feel like this is forcing you to budget. One of the things forcing you to do is budget, right? Yeah. Because now, if you want to go out and swipe, you have to think, yo, what do I have? You know, let me look at the budget. Like, exactly. So, I feel like that's something that we, I don't know if we, I feel like we forced to take it seriously as opposed to, like, learning it and just, like, going from the get-go, budgeting. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's only when we end up in, like, real, you know, dire situations or you know like the money looking a bit tight that's when we actually sit down and you know we part the excel spreadsheet and start putting in numbers no i live in my excel spreadsheet but well, my that's husband you. here you know does not believe in writing things it's why i don't believe in writing things but i know i have a yo let me tell you i have a mental illness i, I know what i'm spending Melinda, do you believe i know it's what is important going on to have like a physical like budget that you can pull up and see or you think women you know mental maps can work for my physical budget is my phone i just go back and i look at how much we spent in the past month through the 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 the, the, the statements but that's a lot of work nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless because like okay so for instance we'll go to the supermarket and we'll be checking ourselves i'll be like Anushka, how much you think all of this is gonna cost and she blitz out like some crazy astronomical number and i'm looking I'm like yo we nowhere near that number yet I have a mental, you know, I can just look and I understand where I'm at money-wise. You need to see it. I should hire so that when it falls in place, I can take a sigh of relief, you see. You see, Anushka needs to, like, she needs to see the number, and I don't. <laughs> so, like, today was the first time in, like, a while. No, I lied, because last week. Before last week, I hadn't logged into my wow. online banking for, like, almost a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, I log in, I transfer my paycheck, and that's it. I'm good. I don't need to know. I'm not buying anything. And if I'm buying stuff, like, I understand what was there the last time, you know? Maths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to good school, you know. I can do maths. So, okay. yeah. Bro. But, I mean, talk to people. Talk to us about, like, the importance of budgeting. For sure. Now, I think what scares people or throws off people is that you don't know how much money to allocate to what Mm -hmm. and you don't need to allow that to intimidate you what you could do is track your spending for if you're paid monthly you could track your spending for a month you don't need to be perfect you don't need to you know like you know like be like spot on with it because budgeting is a lifetime practice it is not something that you're going to get in one fell swoop Every month, every week, every day, something happens, something changes, that's life, and, and that's what occurs. 
But if you're looking to start budgeting, what you could do is track your spending. Um, there's an app called Wave Receipts, W-A-V-E Receipts, and I have it on my phone. So what you could do is that you could take a picture of, oh. of, of your receipt, oh, okay. right, that you, that you would have, you know, received from a purchase. And then you could upload that number. So when you take the picture, it asks you, okay, the date. It allows you to enter the date. It allows you to enter who you bought it from and select the type of expense it was. So if you um, bought gas today, for example, so you take a picture, you put it to gas, and then you just do a review of where the money would have gone. So you would see how much money went to gas. You would have seen how much money went to groceries. And you would have seen whatever else. But sometimes we don't know where the money is leaking out. And for me personally, um, especially this year, I said, you know what, I'm going to track this eating out figure because, you know, again, <laughs> for convenience, let me be transparent and real. You weren't afraid? <laughs> Sorry? You were not afraid to see that number? No, I wasn't afraid. I'm going to tell you the number. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So okay. It was, like, it was like 200 US in January. And I was like, okay, you know what? I need to, you know, work on that. And then in February, it was um, 150 US. So got it down a little bit more. But but what tracking does is just informs you like, okay, this is where the money is leaking out and you may need to make certain adjustments. So like if you're somebody who loves coffee, you don't necessarily need to be buying a cup of coffee every day. You can make coffee from home. Or if you're like me, who shops for convenience, especially for lunches, um, you could decide that you're you're eating lunch from home. You're bringing lunch from home. So that's the first step. Just track your spending for a month. See where the money is going. And once you know the numbers, you actually have the information. Then you know what? You can allocate for your, your budget. Um, this is the amount that goes to housing. This is the amount that goes to gas. This is the amount that goes to utilities and such like. The issue is tracking, and you still need to be tracking your budget. So you would have one column, the budgeted column, that would be the amount that you plan to spend. And this is based on allocating your salary, whatever the amount is. And it's really important to have a plan for every single cent that you have. Because sometimes you have like 100 US left over, and you figure, okay, I can splurge this. But then it goes and then there's nothing else you can do. And then you have to wait until next month comes to actually, you know, have income again. But what's going to happen, so you have one column budgeting and then the actual column, which helps you to track each expense category. So let's say uh, for groceries, I'm calling a ballpark figure, okay? So for groceries, you set aside 500 U.S. And then in one shopping trip, um, you end up shopping for 100 U.S then you know when you're tracking, you have 400 US left over. So it's just a discipline that you're just going to have to go through daily, especially when you're tracking. But if you can't really um, tally what you would have spent for the, you know, for the day on that day, you could wait until like during the weekend to actually, you know, plug in those numbers. But it's a practice. And personally, I use an Excel spreadsheet um, for actually you know, creating creating a budget and, and working with it. But I recently found this app with receipts. So if you're interested in finding out where your money is going, you could start with that, um, tracking your spending.
Okay. So y'all have anything else you want to? You know? I'm I'm gonna go count my piggy bank right now. <laughs> <laughs> you on your own on that one. I have one, you know. No lie, no joke. Special, special emergencies. Not the coin jar we have there. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a lot of coins. <laughs> I was gonna ask. Um, how do you feel about like the new age investment stuff? Like just investing via an application on your phone. Um, I think it's called Robinhood or Acorn. Acorn. Or stuff like um, cryptocurrency. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, um, cryptocurrency. Again, you have to know exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> the the issue is is that um, the level of security. That's my issue with cryptocurrency. So it's not like you're actually interacting with somebody, or you're going to a bank. You're just putting your money out there. Um, so that's my issue with that. But again, you have to know what it is that you're doing. Um, I have heard about Acorn, but I have not had the pleasant or the opportunity to actually go through it fully. Um, wait, give me a sec, please. This will be edited, right? <laughs> yeah, I can end on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I have again. I haven't had the opportunity of actually looking in, but I know that there are the way in which people um is looking to invest. It's it's evolving. Um, there is a company in Barbados called Bit, and they're just about financial inclusion for everyone. Um, believe it or not, there are people who do not actually have bank accounts. There are people that don't. And I would have seen a couple of their commercials where a guy would have been talking about he was issued a check, but he can't necessarily go to the bank and cash that check because um, they he, he doesn't have a bank account. So they would have created an online platform um, and money, which allows people to actually have payments sent to them. And then there are different um, providers and vendors who allow them to actually make payment using that and money currency, digital currency. Um, we have to be mindful that that's the way that things are moving forward. Um, and um, again, you know, you have to trust that that is secure, but that's just the way it's going. But again, with, with anything, um, and I believe that investment platform allows you to invest in um, companies that, that are already on the stock exchange, fine, but it just goes back to, you know, just doing your due diligence and finding out more about the company where they're at and if they are safe to investing. But just be mindful that, yeah, things are evolving and, you know, I think those platforms are interested in cutting out the middleman and giving people more power um, to actually have control on their say or what they want to choose um, in terms of, you know, what investments they're going to put in their portfolio. And I think also what they're looking to do is to cut out a middleman in terms of the fees because there are investors, investment companies who charge their um, management fees for managing your portfolio. So, yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, um, Melinda. I think um, we're all leaving with um, a better money mindset. Um, I don't know, Vernon, are you leaving with a better mindset, rich man over here? Um, Elon Musk mindset? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I feel, I'm just happy that we can, you know, put this information out there for our listeners and show them the importance of stuff like budgeting and, you know, open their minds and let them know that, hey, if you are investing, just know that it's not a, you know, overnight get rich quick type of thing. It okay. takes time and, you know, you have to be patient and you have to be smart and do your due diligence. That's one of the main things I gathered from all of this. Yeah. What you, you have to do your due diligence on wherever your money is going, where you put in it, who you're giving it to. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like we got some good information there. Yeah. For me, awesome. what I read for me, what I really like is that, um, you know, Melinda touched on it being about also kind of soul searching and like yeah. having a vision and it not just all being about money or the accumulation of money, but, you know, money as a tool to fulfill your dreams, as corny as that sounds. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Melinda, is there any final thing you want to leave our listeners with? Give a plug where they can find you online, find your book, any other resources you may have? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I'm just saying, you know, you, you can break the generational cycle. You can decide that this generation, my generation, I'm going to be the one that retains money. I'm not going to consume it all, but I'm going to actually retain money and let it grow and accumulate and understand that these things take time. Um, Again, it comes back to knowing yourself first and knowing your numbers. And when you know the numbers, then you're able to dive into why you behave the way you did that brought you to the financial position that you're in. And it's not something easy to do coming face to face with yourself and the reality of where you're at but again it's something that you take day by day um my book my money and me can be found on amazon um their kindle app so you can download it um it's available for 9.99 us and i'm on instagram money matters with melinda and if you go to the link in my bio you can book a complimentary session with me if you like in light of the present times that we're in, there's an opportunity for you to do that. And then I also have a video there um, on Instagram via the link in my bio, which talks about, you know, how to start budgeting and how to track your spend and all that stuff. So, and, and I try to provide daily tips as much as possible. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Melinda. you for sharing this wonderful information with us. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> It was a pleasure having you. Well, guys, um, it's been another episode of the Caribbean Millennials Podcast. I hope you guys get more financially savvy after this, you know, rich mindset and budgeting and all that jazz. But until the next episode, we're out. Mm-hmm.